Welcome into a Friday on the David Glenn Show. David Jackson in with you for the grand finale of this first week of fill-ins around the state. We're talking Carolina Panthers just hours after the conclusion of the first preseason game of what will be an excruciating month of preseason football. But hey, some good things last night for the Panthers. We're going to get into that. Hashtag Panthers Day DG if you are so inclined. It's Friday also, so we're going to crank up the phone lines on a free-for-all Friday. 800-849-2761. The number to call will be a part of the show. We'll talk Panthers. We'll talk about a variety of things out there today that um, may have your sports fancy ready for uh, some weekend, pre-weekend conversation. Again, I'm David Jackson. Uh, you may have uh, remembered me from, I feel like Troy McClure. I am Troy McClure. Uh, you may remember me from my uh, from my App State days. I actually do work with the Panthers. There is a, a, a it's a it's a stretch, but it's a tie. Reason why I can actually legitimately sit in this chair. I am uh, fortunate enough to work with the Panther Vision crew. Uh, voice some out of town highlights on the scoreboard down on uh, uh, down at Bank of America Stadium. And uh, so when the opportunity came up for this. I was like, well, hey, I work for those guys. Sure. Love to do it. So so anyway, we'll talk a little bit about Panther Vision later because we have a Panther Vision crew member who will be on the show later today. That's Kevin Donnelly. He actually works with the radio network as well. He does a pregame hit on the scoreboard, so we call him one of us. Kevin Donnelly will be on the program uh, as we kind of wrap up uh, the uh, the first uh, exhibition win for the Panthers over the Bears last night. Kevin Donnelly will be along just after uh, – uh, the top of the 2 o'clock hour, Damian Lewis also will chime in with his thoughts, especially uh, from the defensive perspective. Got a chance to see the 3-4 last night in its true form, uh, and uh, we'll get some thoughts from Damian Lewis. Uh, Darren Vaught caught up with him earlier this morning. Uh, these these folks that were involved in this game last night, I, I hope you, you realize as a sports fan, you know, we turned the game off. Some of us turned that game off before it was over last night because, again, it's week one preseason. You can only take so much. But for the team, for the people that are with the team, they don't get to turn it off, and and they sure as heck don't get to wash themselves of that experience as quickly as we do as fans. So if, if you've ever you know kind of tried to wrap your head around, you know, Panthers play a game in Chicago last night. It ended late. They got on a plane and started their journey back to the uh, the Queen City just a shade after one in the morning, East Coast time. They landed at Charlotte uh, Douglas Airport last night at, or well, this morning at just a little past 3 a.m. So you're well on your way to sleep. Some of you hyperproductive people may have even, you know, been within an hour of waking up. And your Carolina Panthers, fresh off their uh, their exhibition win last night, were still in the air making their way back to Charlotte where they'll get back down to Spartanburg one more week of training camp before they'll uh, break things up. They've actually got the Bills coming in to training camp with them in Spartanburg this week before those two teams will play one week from tonight in the opener uh, for the preseason at Bank of America Stadium. So a lot of behind-the-scenes Caroline Can is going to join us uh, a little bit in about an hour or so. She is the brand-new Panthers.com reporter. If you watched the game on TV last night, she was our link to the starters, right? Because Greg Olson was in street clothes, Cam Newton was in street clothes, Luke Keekley was in street clothes, and pretty much anybody that you've got on your fantasy team that plays for the Panthers 
was right alongside those guys, and Caroline had some great conversations with with a number of those folks. So we're going to talk to her about uh, her first experience with the uh, the Panthers in her new role, but also some of the takeaways from the internal perspective. Caroline is embedded with the team that that makes her access a little bit different. When you're you're standing in line getting ready to get on the plane last night, uh, I, I can speak from that experience before. You know, coaches are chatty, players are chatty. You get a chance to pick up on some things, how they really thought it went. Uh, what you can legitimately take away from preseason game number one. Caroline's going to have some uh, some interesting perspective on that coming up in a little bit less than an hour. So all in all, a jam-packed show. Uh, Darren Vaught is uh, is down in the uh, the David Glenn Worldwide headquarters. I am uh, I am operating from a neutral site today. I am at the WSJS Sports Hub in Kernersville. The fine folks here letting me uh, roll down the mountain from Boone and not have to roll as far. Uh, so, so Darren, uh, thank you to all that you have done to make this possible. But uh, I'm curious, as a as a sports media person, how how long were you able to stay engaged in NFL preseason football last night? I'll I'll in summation, I'll put it this way, David, not long at all, maybe <laughs> like a, a quarter, maybe. Uh, I kept tabs on Twitter for the most part. I just uh, I. If if the Panthers go the usual route and starters play uh, much of Game Three of the preseason, I'll tune in for that. I just can't. I don't know, man. It, maybe it's because I wasn't a, a player at a high level. I can't get into the the dog fights for for the the second spot on the depth chart to be the right guard or uh, things like that. I don't know. It just none of that really interests me. I actually think that social media has made these games a little bit more interesting because sure. because they are they these games now are built for that that data analytics fantasy football NFL crazy depth chart aficionado. You know where you can get into that that you might play in a league with enough people in it and and maybe your scoring is set up in a way where it really behooves you to understand who is going to be the third string running back on team X, Y, and Z, how many carries they might get, what type of offense that might be, and ultimately how they translate into that kind of thing. If that is your deal, man, last night was like Christmas for you <laughs> because you had just about the entire league playing almost all at the same time. I, I was listening to uh, to a sports talk show on the way down here today, and, and they equated it to a Sunday at 1 o'clock. Because that's kind of what it felt like. Everybody was right there at the same time. You had the the one game uh, up in New York was weather delayed. But you had all of these storylines to follow. And for the most part, uh, any starters that did play maybe got a series. Uh, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, number one draft pick from last uh, from this past NFL draft, got 10 snaps in his debut at the Arizona Cardinals. So it wasn't like you got a, a huge wealth of that, that front-line talent. Even in most cases, and and you know you can look at the Panthers uh, last night as they got into drive four, five, and six. Uh, there were there were players that started to fall off the uh, fall off the field and and uh, find their helmets uh, seated appropriately uh, next to them on the bench because they were done. Uh, there was no opportunity to see any of the uh, outside of a few series. Uh, you know, you got a chance to look at that three, four, but it's, it's, it's kind of hard to translate from a fan's perspective, from the casual fans perspective, what the NFL preseason looks like and what the NFL regular season opener looks like are so far removed. The playbooks are vanilla. The, the players are, are, are probably not going to be there. Uh, you know, so, so it makes a night like last night fun in one sense, because I think if, if you all are like me, you probably 
I think about 6 o'clock, I started to feel like, hey, there's a football game on here in a little while. Football's coming back. Yeah, great. It's it's like a national holiday there for about 10 minutes. It's like watching, if you're a baseball fan, it's like watching the first spring training game. You watch that first spring training game and you see your favorite guys are getting a couple ABs and, you know, maybe one of them will, will you know, hit a bomb for you and, and you've got all that. And then it's like, oh, cool. Oh, there are 28 more of these to go before the regular season starts. <laughs> That was kind of like last night. It was like, oh, man, cool. We're going to get to see Brian Burns. He's going to get out there. He did a Spider-Man deal after his sack. And it was like, oh, we've got like, what is that? 12 quarters left of this facsimile of what football might be before we can really start to understand what a guy like that is going to mean in a new defense to his new team uh, and so on and so on. Uh, we're not going to belabor that point because if you've turned on the radio today, if you've looked at social media today, that's that's today's favorite topic. It's still kind of that like slow-ish sports period of time uh, where now we've got this preseason game under our belt. So today's, uh, I, I think it, every sports talk show host got that, that collective email today that said, today's the day that we bash the NFL for exhibition football length and number of games and its impact on players. Uh, last night, I, I think you, you, uh, you've heard a little bit of, uh, of angst coming out of Detroit. Uh, Jermaine Curse broke his leg last night. He was a huge piece of wide receiver death. Uh, depth for the uh, for the Lions, and and he is the example of why you don't want that many preseason games. Because here's a guy they were counting on to be receiver number three or four in a brand new offensive look, in a in a brand new uh, philosophy, and now he's done for a considerable period of time because he broke his leg and, and injured his ankle last night. So so there are all of those those building blocks to uh, to to kind of go with, but but we're going to take it in a different level today and i'm going to bring in uh this is going to be our hypothetical question of the day but it needs a little bit of a setup here first so yesterday major league baseball announced that uh they play like one uh, i'll call it neutral site game a year in the regular season where they will go to an odd place remember a couple of years ago that was fayetteville that was fort bragg they they played a game at fort bragg the braves were part of that it was a really cool deal of the first one of those that major league baseball did where they they basically built a stadium a temporary stadium on the base down at fort bragg and the the braves played and it was awesome it, it was a, a really cool way to to bring major league baseball and and the military together so uh, this year, for example, that game is going to be in Cooperstown, if I'm not mistaken. It's going to be uh, part of the uh, – or no, I'm sorry, in uh, Williamsport. As part of the Little League World Series, they're bringing in the Cubs and the Pirates to play that game uh, one week from this coming uh, – Sunday, uh, I believe. That's the uh, the tail end of a 10-game road trip for the Cubs. Uh, they are playing in that, that game in Williamsport. Well, Major League Baseball announces yesterday that next year's neutral site game is going to be in Dyersville, Iowa. Darren, you're a baseball guy, so you know the relevance of Dyersville, Iowa. Right, sport, right. Yeah. Site of the movie Field of Dreams. The actual field is still there. It is a tourist attraction. There have been some land disputes over it. It's, it's morphed a little bit, but for the most part... That's where Ray Kinsella built his field, right there in Dyersville, Iowa. If you're saying, oh, Dyersville, Iowa is close to, uh, no, it's not. It's not close <laughs> to anything in Iowa, okay? So so they are going to have that. the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox play in a game not on that same field. They're going to make a field similar to what they did in, uh, in Fayetteville a couple of years ago. 
They'll make a field next to the site, and you'll actually be able to visit the actual field that they used for the movie. So that's next year's cool game. You know, it's it's like, and they throw it right there in that, like, monotony of the season where if your team's not in the playoff chase, you're tuning out. So maybe there's one more opportunity to, to, to throw something in there that the casual baseball fan will watch. Cool idea, right? So the NBA will occasionally play games overseas. You see uh, college football plays their mega neutral site games to start the year, uh, you know, down in Atlanta and Dallas and all these places. College basketball is played on, on every surface from an aircraft carrier to a military outpost in a foreign country. They get that, that idea about neutral site. Uh, Major League Baseball does this. They also have their their spring training in in neutral places, uh, you know, in Florida and Arizona, away from from the the team city centers for the most part. Uh, the NHL plays their outdoor game at, at the beginning of every year, which is awesome because it, it brings in uh, you know an element of the NHL that that the traditional fan will appreciate that whole playing in an environment that's cold and nasty, and and here they go, and and sometimes they actually play in environments that are cold and nasty. Sometimes the weather doesn't cooperate, but they make it work anyway. But the NFL does not do this anymore, and they used to. There before the Panthers came into existence, there was a, a game in Chapel Hill at Keenan Stadium. It was called the Backyard Battle. I believe it was the summer of 1990, and it was one of the first exhibition games of the NFL calendar year. But before the Panthers were a thing, the Washington Redskins and the Atlanta Falcons played the Backyard Battle in Keenan Stadium, and it was awesome because those were your teams. You were either a Redskins fan or a Falcons fan for the most part if you lived around here, and you got to see them both at the same time in a neutral venue. This is before the NFL started factoring preseason games into their season ticket allocations and, and all of that stuff. We understand that there's a financial reason for the Panthers to host that game against the Bills Friday night down at Bank of America Stadium. That That is part of their revenue stream. We get that. But today we're going to live in the hypothetical a bit. So your hypothetical question of the day is, if you were in charge of the NFL for a day and money was not an object, where would be the coolest place to play an NFL neutral site preseason game? That could be in, you know, your your hometown. That could be in some uh, colossal college football venue. It could be cool to bring the team with the most, Alabama, you know, members of the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, down to uh, down to Tuscaloosa to play a preseason game. You know, whatever your your thought on that is, where should the NFL? If money was not an object and they're trying to keep our interest in the preseason, where would be the ideal place for them to play a neutral site preseason game? That could be part of your free-for-all Friday today at 800-849-2761. You can also chime in on anything that you want to bring uh, in the, the sports world. We've got uh, a number of Panthers topics we're going to get into today, but we've got some other uh, sports news that's out there uh, that is relevant for this Friday afternoon. We're going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, let's get into this exhibition game a little bit. Panthers winners over the Bears in the Windy City yesterday. Who is it the most beneficial for? And Bears kicker may actually be an answer to this. And we'll explain that after this. David Jackson filling in for DG today on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say... I love the state of North Carolina. Love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show. 
Well, looking at it from the outside in, I'd, I'd say, you know, without looking at tape, I'd say they were very efficient. Um, they both had their moments early on where they kind of struggled a little bit, just trying to settle themselves down. You could tell because they threw a couple balls high early. And then as they got more and more comfortable, you saw them become more proficient in their decision-making. Carolina Panthers in their win over the Bears last night. 269 total net yards. Pretty solid third down efficiency for a preseason game. Converted one fourth down all in all. 188 yards in the air for those QBs that Ron Rivera, head coach of the Panthers, you just heard there talking about the uh, overall play of, of his two main guys last night. So we saw Kyle Allen get the start. Will Greer came in and uh, and got more series than Allen did, a little bit more time on the field. Uh, but uh, both of those guys had their moments. I thought Kyle Allen had an incredible presence about him to start. Um, he didn't do a lot flashy. Now, there, there were handoffs to Cameron Artis Payne. He hit a couple screen passes. Uh, didn't really necessarily, you know, let one fly. Uh, you know, for for a big, big gainer. I think he hit uh, Ian Thomas with the one pass. He threw him open. Uh, but that was about it from Kyle Allen. Uh, still 7 of 11, 76 yards. Uh, he was sacked twice. Uh, uh, 83% uh, QB rating on the night, a little bit uh, under 84. Will Greer, on the other hand, you know, gets his first opportunity uh, after being drafted uh, this past offseason. He's going to get his first NFL preseason taste. And, and I thought that he took his first drive like you would expect him to. A little bit of the deer in the headlights, eyes all over the place type look. He had the one play where he, he eluded pressure, stepped up in the pocket, ready to make a throw, and threw it straight in the ground. Um, but he got better as it went on. As, as Ron Rivera mentioned, a couple of their, their passes were high, they were sailed, uh, and they were uh, as expected in preseason week number one. Uh, Taylor Heineke, the odd man out of what looks like a two-man race to back up Cam Newton right now, uh, was four of nine in the passing game, 35 yards, uh, and uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, all in all, decision-making, it, it looked like uh, between uh, Kyle Allen and Will Greer. Uh, you know, again, they didn't necessarily put their foot on the gas. They they didn't do anything that was overly daring, but they they made the the, sm the smart plays work. Uh, it's kind of the, the summation. Uh, I don't know. Darren Vaught is, uh, is also a, um, you know, still trying to digest all of what he could consume of uh, preseason week one uh, in the NFL. Uh, what do you think? I mean, you know, from the, from the QB's perspective, this is one of the top storylines coming in. I mean, Cam Newton was dancing, trying to keep field goal kickers uh, from making field goals last night. Uh, so he was out of the mix. We got a chance to kind of see the, the first big public display of this race. I don't know that either one of them did anything to damage their chances, but I also don't think that either Kyle Allen or Will Greer did enough to, to step forward and say, hey, I right now am number two because of the way that I played last yeah, night. Yeah, I think more than anything, it slowed the role of the hype train around Will Greer as the rookie that just presumably was going to come in and automatically be the backup quarterback, right? I mean, he looked like a rookie, and you don't necessarily need that if you're looking for a reliable backup quarterback. I would agree with that. Uh, very well said. And, and you know, a, a guy with Greer's background, and, and certainly he's got – some interesting elements of his story that are going to be be fun to watch as his career progresses, right? That you know that kind of local guy. Here's your chance to make a an, an impact on your team, 
kind of storyline. And there are some pressures that will come along with that. We've seen several players, not only just with the Panthers, but, I mean, you, you take you take a player who had any kind of tie to an area, insert him in that area, and there are things that are different for that player than there are anybody else on the roster, especially when you are a hyped QB that's brought in to, to start to be the guy that's groomed to replace the franchise quarterback, if indeed that is what you know Will Greer's lot in life is going to be. Um, you know, Kyle Allen, I, I like the, the way that he has approached this. It's not a it's not a boisterous, hey, if you want it, come come take it from me type thing. Uh, in, in some of his comments after the game, just really trying to do his thing. And I, I think if you're Kyle Allen, even if you're Taylor Heineke to a degree, you can't control the the hype around Will Greer. You you cannot control what the Panthers did in the in the draft room and in the natural evolution of what he will likely become for that franchise one day. All you can control is what you can go out there and do. I, I thought that Kyle Allen had the had the poise early that says if you're looking for any kind of separation, here's where my separation is. My separation is I beat the Saints to end the year. I have done this before. And I can walk down the field after moving the chains with my chest out and and have that little swagger that's not maybe Cam Newton. He he brings his own element to 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 um, uh, projecting positivity on a on a football team for or on a football field for his team. But I thought Kyle Allen last night looked like the guy that, that walks down there and says, "Okay, we moved the chains. Now what's next?" Not the oh man, I completed a pass. Let's go. What? What's what'd you say? What what was that play again? Uh, I, I thought Will Greer had a little bit more of that going on early. Now he he respond uh, responded well. I think if you're looking for people who responded well last night in the Panthers preseason win over the Bears, I think Elijah Holyfield is certainly one that comes to mind. Here's a guy that that fumbled early in his action. I believe it was a second or third carry of the night, maybe. Um, Greg Olson got in his ear, and this is a, a story that we're going to talk with Caroline Can uh, from Panthers.com and, and Panthers TV uh, with uh, in about a half an hour. We're going to get more on this story. But Greg Olson came over to to Elijah Holyfield last night and had some calming words for him. He went on to, to find the end zone uh, two different times. Uh, very nice finish to his day statistically. Uh, as you look for that that backup and and trying to chart the the progression now, for who's going to get the carries behind Christian McCaffrey. Now, Ron Rivera has been pretty point blank and said, hey, we're going to give this guy the ball. I don't think Cameron Artis Payne, who looked good last night on the opening drive, uh, I, I don't think that that he's got any delusions of grandeur, nor should Elijah Holyfield. But there is a pecking order that we're trying to establish here. And I thought a- after showing early adversity for an undrafted guy with a lot of hype around him, too, with the way that he's attacked the preseason these last or, or the training camp these last few days, I thought he did a good job of getting up off the mat. Sometimes that's where that that preseason player becomes uh, immediately on the on the trash heap. It's the you had one bad moment and you let that turn into two bad moments and three bad moments and so on and so on. The the Bears had their own version of the storyline last night and that was their kicking game. And and certainly anybody that paid attention to the playoffs last year knows that the uh, the the Bears were outed on what they call the double doink. The missed PAT that that kept them uh, out of uh, advancement opportunities in in the playoffs. What was a a storyline for the Bears all year last year? Their kicking game it it came back to bite them uh, at the very worst possible time last year. It, it's so much of a developmental thing for the Bears right now that after the the um, after the first score. Uh, David Montgomery's seven-yard touchdown run. When when Fry went to kick the PAT, there was a lo- a larger and louder 
cheer for the PAT than there was the touchdown. That's kind of <laughs> where the Bears are. So, you know, you, you look at, at players sometimes that, that are trying to find that way to just exist past week one in their coach's eyes. Maybe they open some eyes of, of some other folks, and I think that, that there were some examples of that last night too. The Bears still have a kicking problem. It was drawn out so much so that Ron Rivera actually called a timeout trying to ice one of the Bears kickers to give them something to review, give them something to look at. He's a little bit tongue-in-cheek when he said that, I believe, uh, in the post-game comments last night. But uh, but then when Sly comes out for the Panthers and drills a 55-yarder, you're like, who is this guy? Graham Gano's back in Charlotte. He's, you know, icing his knee. And here's this guy that all he did last night was boot three uh, successful field goals. He made all his PATs. He made it look easy. And here's a guy that's trying to, uh, a Virginia Tech guy, ACC connections there, that that had a horrible um, uh, pre-draft workout, or or actually it wasn't pre-draft workout. It was an um, uh, uh, invited workout with the Bucks. Uh, in, in his past, he, he is trying to pick himself up off the mat. He is the example of how long it can take sometimes when you don't have that positive run of success in a tryout, in a preseason game, how long it can take to get recognized again. Panthers bring him in essentially to rest Graham Gano's leg. You are not competing for this job. Ron Rivera has, has told him and told us time and again here over the last week until he bangs home a 55-yarder and has everybody thinking last night, who is this guy and what's his future? And, oh, by the way, he kicks a 55-yard field goal in a venue where the home team seemingly couldn't connect on anything through the uprights last year. Sly played himself right onto the Bears' radar last night. He may not ever suit up in a meaningful game for the Carolina Panthers. But but guys that take those, that that's why we watch preseason games. It's that storyline. It was, it's the opportunity for that one person who didn't have any hype around him or maybe has that, that rough that rough story, they get the second chance, or maybe it's a third or fourth chance, and they find their way into that conversation for roster spots 50, 51, and 52. That is why we watch these games, because you want to see that diamond in the rough come out in a, in a positive way. And I think in, in a lot of cases last night, um, what Sly did, that, that, that's, his, that's his opportunity. Now, what does he do with it? Probably with another week of, of spelling Gano before week three, and we get a look at, at what the starters uh, 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 potentially look like for the Panthers moving forward. I, I think that's where that separation may occur. But, hey, that guy might, might have won himself a job last night. Uh, as we look at some of the winners and losers of the uh, the Panthers preseason win over the Bears. Some other interesting storylines uh, around the NFL preseason games last night. Kyler Murray, we touched on this earlier, number one overall draft pick last year, gets 10 snaps for the Cardinals, went 6 of 7 for 44 yards, part of a 17-13 win uh, for the Cardinals over the L.A. Chargers. He did not return after the first drive, much to his chagrin. He actually lobbied the coaching staff trying to get a second series, but Kyler Murray parked in the garage after 10 snaps last night as he gets his uh, uh, NFL uh, debut out of the way, at least from the preseason perspective. We talked about Jermaine Curse also breaking his leg tweaked his ankle and the Lions lost to the Patriots they got obliterated last night I realize it's the preseason you're not breaking out the playbook but for a team that's touted a new offense all offseason to score three points 
in their first preseason game is not a good look for the Lions. I don't care if that's preseason, exhibition, whatever it is. Not a good look in uh, in Detroit last night uh, of, for their efforts. Ryan Khalil, that, that's another one that uh, we, we've been looking at, at um, you know, him coming back to football after looking like he was stepping away. Uh, Khalil did not play last night for the Jets, as as we assumed probably would not be the case, uh, but he looks to, uh, to, to further uh, his uh, uh, opportunity for playing time in week two, it sounds like, uh, coming out of their camp. Jets lost last night to the Giants in that game. They got uh, weather delayed. You do have an opportunity, if, if you didn't get enough of it last night, there is more preseason football coming your way tonight and a trio of games Saturday as well. So if you want to see a dress rehearsal football and it's a full entirety for week one, you've got some work to do here in the next couple of days. But if you are a, a Panthers fan, which we hope here on Panthers Takeover Day here on the David Glenn Show, that, that you are tuned in with a uh, with an ear toward uh, the silver and black, you get a chance to look a little bit more at, um, at what the rest of the division looks like here tonight uh, you get a chance to see the saints they're uh, at home uh, taking on the vikings uh, a pretty good nfc matchup there and then the steelers play host to the bucks tonight as well so you can get a chance uh, to look at a couple of division rivals uh, of the panthers here this evening as uh, week one continues week two as we mentioned will feature the panthers their first home game is one week from today they'll be taking on the bills a lot of panther connections there coaching staff front office it's it's kind of like bring your brother to camp week down in Spartanburg, and uh, and and we will see what what transpires with those combined workouts leading into a preseason game uh, down in Charlotte uh, uh, coming up uh, next week. So some some immediate action items for the Panthers, I think, uh, to try to continue to uh, to make heads or tails of the QB situation. I, I don't know, Darren, you chime in on this too. Uh, the the initial look at a watered down three four. Uh, last night, uh, I, I think showed that there are some guys that have got a potential uh, at least to really shine within a, a, a new style of defensive look uh, what the Panthers tend to bring this year. Yeah, and this is something, too, that ha- having not, I, you know, I, I, admittedly, I don't have the knowledge of, of someone that would scheme a defense, right? That's why I'm in radio and not scheming defenses. But uh, it's something I was interested in. Uh, when I talked to Damian Lewis, which will air next hour, uh, asking him, uh, we've heard a lot about this sort of hybrid defense that the Panthers are going to boast moving from to and from the 4-3, 3-4, whatever. Um, I was curious, so I asked Damian, you know, is this going to be that different from what other teams in the NFL do? Because I, I feel like as the game has evolved in 2019, there's a lot of variance, right, from play to play. Teams have to adjust based on the offense that's that's offered on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And with the passing game becoming so prominent, uh, I, I, I'm not 100% sure if it's going to look that different from, from other teams. But I was interested to hear what Damian said. Uh, about that, which which I'm sure will, will be of interest to all the Panthers fans listening. Marquise Haynes looked like the guy that that at least last night, and and again understanding that everybody's not in their normal spots, but but his length and athleticism and speed, I thought really showed well what a new defense could do for him. 
four tackles, a, a couple of sacks last night. And again, I, I understand we're not talking apples to apples in terms of regular season competition. Um, I, I thought Brian Burns also looked like a guy whose speed and athleticism and, and just sheer size yeah. can really benefit in this t- this type of alignment because of where the pass rush comes from. And Burns Burns brought it out last night. Now he he had the Spider Man deal going on. I mean he had some. He he had that game where here's a guy who's drafted. He's a first round draft pick. He's he's you know come out of the Florida State football factory. Here's a guy that gets to 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 stick his landing in preseason game number one. And I thought he did it. I, I thought he he showed some personality. He showed some some firepower in in what is a potential. Um, a brilliant career in the making here for the Panthers and somebody that, that again, could take advantage of this. Uh, one of the things that, that was asked of Luke Keekley last night uh, was, uh, and, and really kind of throughout the week was, you know, how long does it take you to, to get ready now that, that all of this new defense is out there and, and Keekley being, you know, the, the signal caller, he is the, he is the captain of that defense uh, in more ways than one. It was funny. Uh, he, he told one of the reporters earlier in the week that that it takes him two tackles to get ready for the preseason. He wants to make one on the interior and one on the exterior, and that's it. <laughs> He's ready to go. So as we're talking about all these games, number of games needed, the, the most important guy to the entire Panthers defense says, ah, two tackles, that's all I need. I mean, hey, <laughs> wow. do, do we need to spread that out over four games, or is that maybe one of the reasons why Luke Keekley was on the sidelines last night? We're going to talk with a few Panther experts uh, as we continue on with the program today that will give us maybe some insight as to when we will see uh, Luke out on the field and uh, and, and just kind of what it means um, for preseason game number one to be over as it leads into game two. Does that mean that we're going to see Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, uh, and, and the likes out there, uh, you know, maybe uh, a series or two in game number two leading into three quarters worth in game three and then they they take off for the bahamas for game four i don't even know if they're in the building uh for the for the last preseason game as those final roster spots are solidified just some of the things that we will discuss here today uh on the david glenn show as always our phone lines open for your calls 800-849-2761 even though this is panthers takeover day we're going to bring the uh, free for all friday in there as well 800-849-2761 the number to call there our hypothetical Hypothetical question of the day, if money is not an object and the NFL can do what they want, where would be the coolest neutral site preseason game that you could imagine? I understand Canton, and I get that, but that is something they do every year. The Hall of Fame game is is its own thing, and it's established. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a game at Keenan Stadium, a game at uh, Dowdy Fickley, a a game at Kid Brewer. That would be insane. I would like that from the Boone (laughs) Area Chamber of Commerce perspective, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, But but there are some places, and, and, you know, take it the MLB route. They're going to play a Major League Baseball game in a cornfield next year to, to tip their hat toward Field of Dreams. You know, do we we need to see what the NFL can come up with you know, to to keep our NFL preseason uh, interest uh, by maybe bringing football to our backyards. You know, David Tepper leans on it a lot. The two teams, one state philosophy. What would you imagine? Again, understanding that there are financial reasons why this probably doesn't happen. But waving our DG show magic wand. He, he left that for us, by the way. He did not take that on vacation. <laughs> um, but But David Glenn's magic wand says, forget about the money. Wouldn't it be cool if... The Panthers played a preseason game at, you know, uh, uh, in, at NC State. And then they played another one, their other one, at, at um, um, Clemson. You know, why not? Two teams, one state, two games, two states. 
something along those lines. It's a it's a marketing opportunity that right now the NFL finances will not allow their teams to to imagine. But what could be that that cool NFL preseason neutral site for you? 800-849-2761. Let us know what yours is. Darren's going to tell us about his when we come back from the break. We've got plenty of Panthers talk today. We've got plenty of other sports news to cover. We'll get into some of that next as well. David Jackson in for DG today on the David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is the David Glenn Show. Hootie and the Blowfish bringing us kind of down the home stretch of hour number one here on this Panthers Takeover Friday, the David Glenn Show. If you hear Hootie on this show, that means that I'm guest hosting for DG. David Jackson in with you today. Thanks to Darren Vaught for bringing in uh, Darius Rucker and crew who have new music out. Yeah, Imperfect Circle, November 1st, right? I I, I pre-ordered my copy yesterday. (laughs) It was announced yesterday, of course. Right, yes, of course. (laughs) I saw that email came across at like 6 in the morning at 6.03. I had my uh, T-shirt and CD pack uh, was was reserved. But, uh, I expect no less. <laughs> you, I, I was late. I felt like I, I missed out. I wasn't the first one in the queue. But uh, uh, great to hear Darius and crew there. Hey, our uh, our hypothetical question of the day, and again, we'll take your phone calls, 800-849-2761. Hypothetical question of the day is, if money is no object and the NFL can do whatever it wants, where would be a cool place for a neutral site preseason games you can give us the location you can give us the teams and we're going to go to the lines we've got brandon and raleigh is going to give us our first example of a great nfl preseason neutral site venue brandon what do you have for us on the david glenn show well what i think would be a great example with the two teams one day thing would be doing and i don't like either team but the texans and the cowboys playing in the cotton bowl and doing a similar situation as texas and oklahoma does is using the event site you have everything going along outside. You have the teams playing in there. It would sell out. It's easy traveling for everybody, and it would be amazing. That's a great suggestion, Brandon. Thank you for the call. And and I, I think that is exactly the spirit of what we're talking about, right? So it's, you know, we understand the financial dynamics that, that Bank of America Stadium, Mercedes-Benz, all of these places can't give up the revenue because it's part of the season ticket package. But if you, as the NFL commissioner for the day, Brandon is the commissioner of the day operating out of his satellite office in Raleigh, and he says, Texans, Cowboys at the Cotton Bowl. Think about what that does to a throwaway game. He didn't even like the teams, but he liked the opportunity to bring them into a unique setting that could be more than a game. And I, I think that's one of the things that the that that really all preseason sports lack. I mean, it's not like, you know, baseball's got a little bit different because of the destinations. You know, you're you're escaping the winter from a lot of northern locations. You go to Arizona, you go to Florida, you're playing golf, you're soaking in the sun and you're watching some baseball. Uh, NBA has done this a little bit. They've gone around. Uh, the the uh, the Hornets played a game in Wilmington not long ago uh, uh, down on UNC Wilmington's campus, and they have moved around. They've played some games in the Greensboro Coliseum, um, and they've done that for a long time. The NBA has been doing this forever. I remember uh, the year after 
the Heat and the Hornets came into existence. Remember, they did that together. They played an exhibition game at the not-yet-renovated Greensboro Coliseum. Uh, Kelly Terpuka was uh, sporting the pinstripe home uniforms for uh, the Hornets, and they, they played an exhibition game in Greensboro. So that concept has been around. It's just not one that the NFL has grasped lately. They used to. We talked about the backyard battle uh, as as being one of those way back in the day when the Falcons and Redskins played in uh, in uh, Chapel Hill at Keenan Stadium. There are opportunities out there if, again, we could wave that magic web a revenue uh, wand and, and make it happen. Real quick, uh, we've got Mark and Wilmington on the line. Mark, what's your neutral site suggestion for us here today for the NFL on the David Glenn Show? Oh, sorry. We're going to get Mark after the break. Uh, we'll, we'll do that real quick. We'll go ahead and take a timeout. Again, our phone line's open, 800 800- 849-2761, the number to call to be a part of uh, Free For All Friday. And again, our NFL neutral site, uh, Wave Your Magic Wand. Where would be a cool place to see one of these preseason games played that's not just in the same stadium that we see them in all the time? We'll get to Mark after the break. We'll take your phone calls and plenty more next right here on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H- how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. Um, <laughs> you know, I hope it's not like a hand to hug to hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him, no hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to the David Glenn. David Jackson in for DG today on the David Glenn Show. Our hypothetical question of the day, if money were not an object and you were running the NFL, where would be a great place for an NFL neutral site preseason game? We promised him on the uh, on the other side. Mark in Wilmington has a suggestion for us. Mark, what do you have for us today on the David Glenn Show? I think the perfect fantasy game like that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Philadelphia Eagles in Happy Valley. Nice. That is what I'm talking about right there. It's a it's a game where you can bring some regionality in a place that is not always, you know, where where the NFL does its thing. Perfect example. Steelers and Eagles in Happy Valley. Thank you very much, Mark from Wilmington, uh, chiming in. We've had uh, a couple of suggestions. We got the Cotton Bowl. We got Happy Valley. So we got that college theme thing going on is there somewhere else like i said major league baseball is playing a game in a cornfield next year is there an nfl version of the cornfield is it is it playing a game at, at one of the mythical friday night lights high schools i, I don't know what what that might be but you know we're d- gonna... if depending on the extent to which we want to take this hypothetical money is not an object david no. i want to play a game on the moon I mean, you know, think about the pass interference calls that would come with zero gravity. I mean, and we've and we've got to sit through reviews of those now, which was a funny element of last night's game. We're going to get into a little bit later on uh, as well. Hey, hour number one coming to a close here on the DG show. We're going to have Caroline Can from Panthers TV joining us after the break. David Jackson in for DG on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Blue U and Agriculture U. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.